0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic hits.
0: Many of you may have been watching the Chernobyl programme on Sky TV. And it's called a brought back for many people who don't remember the Chernobyl disaster uh, back in 1986 what actually happened at the time. And for those who don't know about it, of course, Chernobyl disaster was a catastrophic nuclear accident that occurred on the 26th of April 1986 at the number four nuclear reactor in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant near the city of Pripyat in the north of the Ukraine. Now, the accident occurred during a safety test which is ironic, on a common Soviet reactor type. Um, and the test is a simulation of electrical power outage. Uh, it was to aid the development of a safety procedure for keeping nuclear reactors cooled while these kind of emergencies happen. In other words, what they were doing was they were they were testing it purposely, uh, putting too much power into it to see what would happen when it overheats and to make sure that we have, you know, uh, a situation where we can contain that and control it. But unfortunately, in this particular ca- situation, uh, that didn't happen. Now, the total number of casualties remains disputed. Estimates reduce life expectancy as a result of radiation released uh, and our. They're kind of uncertain as to whether the amount of people that died initially was 4,000 people. In the United Nations study, they said up to 200,000 were reported by the Greenpeace study during the accident from steam blast effects caused uh, two deaths within the facility. But many other people have died from radiation poisoning and all sorts of carry-on. And, of course, children who were born around that time as well would have been greatly affected by it. But I'm sure if you watched the programme, it is intriguing to watch. It is sad to watch. Um, there's there's so many emotions when you watch a programme like that. But one person who was born at the time is Reza Carolyn, who's living in County Meath in Ireland now. And she's twenty six years of age. Good afternoon, to you, Reza.
1: Good afternoon, Noel. How are you?
0: I mean, when you watch the programme and and you have watched it with great intrigue, I'm sure, uh, knowing yeah. that, you know, you were born around that time and what does it bring back a lot of memories for you of Chernobyl?
1: Um yeah, I I was born seven years after ninety yeah. three, and um I suppose watching the the whole show itself it was very it was very emotional, as you said, there's lots of different emotions, you know, between anger and between, you know, kind of what happens and the whole situation surrounding it. And I suppose for me as well, because it because that one event has now panned out my life how it is today. And, you know, you kind of wonder what, if that didn't happen, where would I be now and... So yeah, there's a lot kind of going on, and you know, And, and would you? There.
0: I mean, how far did you? Are Did your family? How far did you live from uh, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant?
1: Um, I would have been in the um in the neighboring country of Belarus. Okay. So, year after the disaster happened, ninety percent of the radiation, the winds were blown over Belarus, so it got a lot of contamination, radiation-wise.
0: And did you would you have known many people who died directly from radiation poisoning at the time? I know you were quite young, obviously, uh, in the, the preceding 20 years, where I suppose it would have been at its most dangerous. But would you have known many people who were directly affected, apart from yourselves, and i get to that in a minute. But would you have known many people that were directly affected by it?
1: Um, not, not at the time itself, but in the aftermath, obviously, there's a lot of people who... Um, you have been affected by it as a result of, you know, the radiation and everything else that came after it.
0: Um,
1: not, I don't know anyone directly at the time who it would have been, but again, mm. the aftermath, I would.
0: Now, you yourself, of course, have been badly affected because you were born in the aftermath, uh, and sadly, you, were, you have been affected by it. You've had, at this stage, over 20 surgeries because of deformities from that radiation. Um, and how successful, by the way, have the surgeries been, and how are you feeling now?
1: Um, yeah, as you said, um, I was born born in ninety three, so a few years after it. And due to the radiation, and obviously my parents would have been exposed to um, a large amount of it, that meant that I was born with um, a lot of severe and um, genetic disorders. So I was born with a cleft palate, with um, issues with my legs, and um, you know, I, and that as a result of that, I would have had to have um, over, as you said, over twenty surgeries, possibly a lot more, and. Thankfully for me, I've ended up on the right side of it that because I've come to Ireland and I've actually been able to get all the treatments I needed to get, Mm -hmm. I'm actually now, um, I do anything as any other young woman does nowadays. Um, I don't let anything stop me. I do have a prosthetic limb, that I have to get when I was 12 years of age in order to give me that better lease of well,
0: life. You, you ended up having to have one of your limbs actually amputated at the time because yeah. you were born with, with webbed legs, essentially. So you had to yeah. have one of your legs were, were amputated at the time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, but yeah. I mean,
0: nothing is stopping you because I know you have a master's in criminology now. So you're moving on with your life and trying to get on with your life and not, and not let this you know, affect your life as much as it should possibly. And you'd be admired for that. But for a lot of people, life wasn't the same and life can't ever be the same again. And I suppose what you're concerned about most, and I did some, something that myself and Helena were talking about actually last week, because Helena was talking about the documentary, my producer, and she was saying, you know, a lot of people go there and they go to Auschwitz and they go to these other places where so many people have died, and I don't know. I said to Helena whether I'd be comfortable to do that. It's almost turning into turning it into a tourist attraction.
1: Yeah, and you know it is. It's you know the global phenomenon of tourists is now is becoming quite increasingly popular, especially over the, since the series has ended. And I would have like I don't deem it to be kind of the same as the outwards because the react the, the situation in Belarus or in Chernobyl is very different because there's still radiation around and to what extent I don't think anyone really knows. Mm-hmm. So you by essentially by going over there and, you know, by taking selfies and, you know, trying to get as close to it as you can, you're actually putting your health and yourself in danger. Um, because there is there is not much known about what the environment is, right? Like around the area of Chernobyl itself, it's a ghost town, and it's a ghost I've town. I've watched for a the reason. videos
0: on YouTube that tourists have taken, and. It's kind of it's kind of very creepy to be honest. Which it's like the land that time forgot. It's all these buildings have almost stopped in time, where they have yeah. you know bushes grown around them and leaves on them now, and it's almost like you know suddenly everything just stopped in this village and was just left there for all those years to rot essentially. And yeah, it, it is kind of eerie, yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's 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 um you know even watching stuff myself and seeing things, it's it's a if, you know people just vanished. In one second and everything
0: oh have i lost you there is,
1: that is because of the you know at the time they had have yeah. evacuated and stuff and you know the fact that they have never been able to return to there to me says a lot you know and um, because i was listening to a guy a tourist guy and he was expressing that and um, he does these tours himself and he was saying that oh there's no danger it's fine and and you know, it, to me, that's more worrying because it's well, what information do you know that people, other people don't? So it's kind of like, well, if it's known to be, that's safe to go and visit there, then why have people not returned back to their homes at one point <laughs> and come back to re, re-ta- relive their lives that they started out in this little town?
0: I mean, I, I, in the tours, I watched the tour guides going around, and they all have Geiger counters. Um, you yeah. know, so they're checking the radiation as they're walking around and the radiation levels, according to them, are safe for a short term visit. I yeah. still personally wouldn't risk it myself. It's like saying, you know, well, it's perfectly safe to have an X-ray. But if you have enough of them, I suppose it could be quite damaging. So in other words, you That's are crazy. exposing yourself to radiation, uh, which is quite a dangerous level of radi- radiation in some sense. You but, are, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And, and your fear is that not, only that not only is it the radiation, but it's also, you believe, disrespectful, maybe?
1: Um, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far to say it kind of is, you know, because. Would you? you not think know, so I,
0: I would feel if if I was maybe a parent or a, a son or daughter of a mum or dad who died there or died directly because of it in the neighbouring towns, I, I think I would feel that it's rather disrespectful to do. Maybe they should just wait another fifty years and just level the whole thing at this stage and put some sort of memorial up to it. You know.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I I would be the same, and you know, even as a, like I know. You know, no one directly I know died there. But you know, even the way my life has turned out as a result of it, and and my re, uh, kind of relationship with it, it's to me I feel that it, it is disrespectful in a way because it's not like if you're going over there for genuine reasons and you're literally going over to you know find out more about it to you know mem- remember those who lost their lives and so on. Like that's kind of different. But even at that, you know, it's I I'd be reluctant. But People who are going over just for the sake of you know, oh my God, I'm here because it's on TV. And it's I've seen great, I've seen it, those
0: people with selfies yeah, smiling, and it's makes a
1: great selfie. It's, you know, that is just kind of it's that is kinda of, kind of disrespectful and it, Because not, there's two
0: hundred thousand people like you, Reza, in the world. Yeah, According absolutely. to Greenpeace, there's two hundred thousand people who are directly affected by it.
1: Absolutely. And then even in, in Belarus, you know, with the charity work that we do at the Chernobyl Children International, you know, you see ever the legacy that is left behind and it's not a pretty sight. No you know, it's not and you know, for people to go over there, and I, I'd suggest that people genuinely want to go over there for the right reasons, I'd suggest to go over through a charity organisation, maybe do some volunteering work, and actually properly understand, yes, this is what happens, but look at what's left in the aftermath of it, and how can you help those who are suffering and struggling today? to overcome this, because it's something that's going to go on for many, many years. And, and, and I'll,
0: I'll get to that in a second, but I know a lot of people are probably listening going, going, oh, she's a good old Meath accent, I'm <laughs> which you witch you have, Raisa. <laughs> so you've been here quite a substantial amount of time. Now, I know you started off your life in Minsk in an orphanage. How did, yeah. you, how did you end up in that situation, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, I, well, from birth, I, I was kind of prematurely birth, uh, born. And as, as we kind of already touched that, I was born with a lot of medical problems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Belarus is not, it's, it's a, I would, I would go as far as say it is poverty, poverty-stricken, especially after the Chernobyl. But um, my, I was actually abandoned at birth, so I was kind of left when right. I was born. And um, then I was actually placed by nurses in the hospital. I was placed into a, an orphanage where I lived um, 10 years of my life before I got adopted.
0: So was it a case that your parents at the time probably felt that they wouldn't have had the finances to deal with the deformities that you had and the disabilities that you had at the time?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's you know that is a scenario, and mm. um, I I can only assume um, until you know I do hope to go back in the future and meet them and you know find the proper. Do you know who they and are? They are? Looking for. Um, I know that they're living in Belarus and still living in Minsk. Okay, so you know that is definitely something, and you know I can only assume what the reasons for doing that were. But I know at the time the doctors kind of pretty much said to my parents at the time that due to the issues I had and being born so premature that I realistically I was not going to survive. So, so where so where, them,
0: so where did Tom and Anne Carolyn come into all this? I mean, how did you end up with Tom and Ca- uh, Anne Carolyn and Trim um, in County Me then? Where, how did you end up coming to Ireland?
1: Um, well, I went through A.D. Roach's Children um, Tur- with uh, Children International. She's a my wonderful mother, woman,
0: wonderful woman, yes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, my mother, Anne, here, my adopted mother, um, she actually passed away, it the 10 years in July, but she was uh, heavily involved in the charity and she for a many number of years, and she brought children over, and through that I kind of came over in one of the rest appropriation programmes. Okay. And I stayed with a few families around the Mead area. And then eventually I came to the Carlin House and as they say, and I say, I came in the back door, I lost it, and wouldn't leave.
0: <laughs> well, you <laughs> c- you've you certainly interacted quite well there because there's no doubt you're from me, the new eraser. Yeah. I would have never said you were from anywhere close <laughs> to Belarus listening to you talking. So you've you certainly integrated very well. But I mean, Absolutely. not only that, you are now, of course, the ambassador for the Chernobyl Children's International Fund. And I mean, that to you must be something you're very proud to do.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, the reality of the situation is that only for them and for AD and all the volunteers and everyone who puts the time and effort into uh, the whole organization, I would not be here. And, you know, for that, I would forever be grateful. And, you know, to me, this is only a small little thing that I can do to try and help other children like me. Um, Because a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, do you mind talking about your past and so on? And, and I always say I don't because it's for the right reasons. I mm-hmm. do it to, you know, first of all, um, raise awareness about the whole Chernobyl pat- catastrophe and also then about all the other children who are suffering in a lot of ways that I did at their age. And I suppose... If and I many, think,
0: many of those not as lucky as yourself who ended up in a good home, you know, and looked after. Yeah. Many of those children didn't end up in that situation and ended up in absolutely. worse
1: situation. Yeah. And to share my story kind of, I, my end goal is to make other people realize, and you know, even Belarusian authorities as well, that by allowing children to be adopted and come to Ireland or wherever it may be, that's, you know, it's much better than living your life out in an orphanage until you're 18 years of age and then you're chucked out on the street. Mm -hmm. You know, that's no, that's no life. And the reality is if I had stayed there and not been adopted, I'd, Probably would go as so far as say I wouldn't even be alive today. You probably you know I
0: mean? wouldn't. No, you're right. You probably wouldn't. wouldn't. No. you certainly wouldn't have got the medical attention that you probably needed as well. Um, absolutely yeah no, because no. because as you mentioned as well your parents wouldn't have probably had the finances to do that and certainly in Belarus yes. uh, you may not have no. got that same medical attention I mean if there's anything you could say to people watching the documentary because d by the way is just texted in she says what a brave and courageous girl I've watched the documentary myself now that comes in from d somebody says now nah, what a wonderful person and a great ambassador for other people who've been there or who want to go there but what would you say to people watching that documentary and I know there's a lot of stuff Chernobyl has certainly it's all over the news it was on Sky news yesterday as well it seems to see the news quite a lot of the Moment, the memories of Chernobyl. What would you say to other people who are watching that if they, if they want to be thinking about something? What would you say to them?
1: Um, I, think, I think the whole series itself is, um, has been fantastic for reopening the, the whole issue and the topics surrounding it because, as I think the younger generation are not aware of what Chernobyl is as such. And I think it's done very well. And watching a lot, I know a lot of people I know I've spoken to a lot as well, and their reaction has been mind blowing. And you know, even for for myself to watch it, it has been mind blowing. And for everybody else, and I'd say, you know, watch it, understand it, and you know, and if it's something that they feel they could be passionate about, and to helping and understanding what has come in the aftermath of it, I'd say, you know, get in touch with the likes of like the Chernobyl Children's International and understand how maybe you can help now because the Chernobyl itself is being dealt with. But it's now what do we do afterwards? How can we help people who've been affected afterwards? And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's now the issue as well as you know, learning the truth about what has happened in Chernobyl.
0: And there is an irony, of course, in, in talking about the fact that we're talking about a nuclear power plant and the, in the same week when we're talking about here in Ireland, particularly at the moment, climate change and sustainable ways of, you know, producing energy. And I know nuclear power has been mentioned. and I do want to mention to people that generally speaking, nuclear power is quite safe. This particular yeah. reactor accident was a kind of freak accident somewhat and almost directly caused by themselves because they pushed yeah. the reactor to its limits on purpose. Uh, which is not yeah. something that should normally be done. So it was, no. it, was, it was a responsibility on their behalf. It's not something that would normally yeah. happen, that a core would melt down like that. But listen, uh, Reza, you're a wonderful person and you're a great ambassador for other people who may be in that situation. There are 200,000 people in the world who've either died or been directly affected by Chernobyl. And I really wish yeah. you well and I hope people get involved and get in touch with you.
1: Thanks very much, Lauren, for having All right.
0: me. All right, thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful lady and what a wonderful young woman. Um, raised at Carol and living in County Meath, been here a long, long time now, and she was directly affected as you can hear by 26 surgeries uh, by what happened to her at birth uh, from the accident in chernobyl and if you get a chance by the way to watch the documentary it's a wonderful documentary um, it gives you a great insight into what actually happened and the devastating effect it had not just you know locally but because as raisin mentioned in the way the, the wind was blowing at the time for you know for years onwards that over the next 20 years that radiation uh, damaged so many people in neighboring cities uh, countries I mean, it was just, it's absolutely devastating. For for those maybe who don't remember, maybe some of our younger audience who are listening today, maybe look it up, have a look. It was a devastating, absolutely devastating disaster. And as I said, it affected, they they imagined maybe about 200,000 people were directly affected by it. Although directly only 4,000 people died at the time. Uh, maybe in a future 200,000 people were badly damaged by it.